You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome in. Minor Talk is live along with Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. For all your home, auto, life, and your commercial insurance needs, trust the local experts at the Oscar Arieta Agency. Well, UTEP has uh, come down to earth again, um, back to back victories um, for the Miners, and then it led to this highly anticipated matchup, uh, bringing in a ranked opponent to the Haskins Center for the first time in almost a decade, and uh, Miners just did not start off well whatsoever, and that's happened in games past, especially some of the recent losses that the Miners have had, just not starting off the right way, not having the right game plan, as you heard from head coach Joe Golding in the post-game interview with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher and Steve Yellen, just not having the right set of plans for this game, and you have to be perfect, you have to play excellent basketball, If you want to beat a team like Florida Atlantic, and even if you play perfect, it doesn't guarantee you'll win, which is just a a testament as to how good this FAU team really is. Um, They have depth. They have a loaded bench. Uh, Golden down low is a force, and he's uh, really frustrating. Yeah, I get it. You know, a lot of fans wanted to come at us today and talk to us about how bad the refs were. Sure, okay, but... um, that doesn't excuse UTEP from losing the way that they did today. Uh, Miners fought back in the second half. You can give them credit for not letting this one uh, really get embarrassing like it was at some points. Uh, but let's be real. I mean, FAU at one point led by 17 points with under 10 minutes to go in this game. Uh, the Owls had total control. Miners had a nice little run late in the game, sure, but uh, it was nothing to uh, actually make the FAU Owls worried whatsoever. Um, The Owls now have won 18 games in a row, the nation's second longest winning streak right now, and uh, props to FAU. I mean, Florida Atlantic is the team right now in Conference USA to beat, and uh, they really came in and crushed the Miners. Absolutely, Sal. Um, All the excitement, uh, you know, just went out the door pretty quick for this UTEP basketball team. Yeah, and... uh excuse me, a couple things when it comes to it. I think um, you see a team who goes out there and expects to dominate, you know, night in and night out on both ends of the floor, not just on offense. We know that they could shoot, not just on defense. Uh, but beyond that, when you're on the floor, it's kind of like there's um, there's a commanding presence of of, um, of sheer will force. I mean, this is a guard-heavy team, a really guard-heavy team, but they don't play like it. Yeah, it's, it, it's a bunch of go getters out there, regardless of who's um, who's on the floor. And and when you watch that style of play, who, you know, when you see that effort, but you also see the talent that is just as, as heavy as that too, uh coachable night in and night out 20 games. And, um, you know, you only lose one so far. That's impressive at any level. So that's just the kind of um, team that Florida Atlantic is. They're a very special bunch. So we'll see how they can finish things out. But they've showed that. Even if they're in close games in Conference USA, they're going to close out those games one way or the other. Yeah, let's uh, go over some of the highlights tonight for FAU. Uh, Florida Atlantic had 36 points from their bench. Uh, they yeah. were, uh, you know, they forced 15 UTEP turnovers. By the way, UTEP forced 20 turnovers tonight. So uh, credit the UTEP defense, especially in the second half, for what they were able to do. Uh, but then again, 
Florida Atlantic shot 43% in this game. Uh, you look at what they did in the first half, shooting 50% from the field. Uh, it's just tough. I mean, right? This is a, a nationally ranked team coming into town, and the Miners just could not hang with them uh, for the majority of this game. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We'll welcome everybody on to the show. Um, we're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. If you'd like to call in after this one, you can feel free to do it. Uh, Sal, I just told you this off air. This one felt to me kind of like, you know, in football, uh, not this past season, but the season before, the 2021 season when uh, UTEP football hosted UTSA. They were recently ranked. A lot of hype around that team. A lot of hype around that game specifically. This one felt like the performance, um, you know, from that football team, from what we saw from UTEP. It kind of felt like that performance from the men's basketball team tonight, unfortunately. Yeah, and and I think it matched in terms of um, you mentioned the performance, but also the buildup. I I think the buildup, of course, for football was going to be bigger, um, but when it comes to um, to the basketball game, I think everywhere that Florida Atlantic visits, um, you know, people are people should want to go see um, see a really good team play, whoever it is that you're hosting. So that's number one. But um, th- you hit the nail on the head there. The performance, right? The buildup was there a bit, but the performance. Um, We'll just say that they could have played better than they played tonight. And I think that's the frustrating part. It's not so much losing. Um, it's just the the way that you lost. Yeah. I, I think that's the frustrating part. I mean, not scoring a point for seven and a half a while, minutes to yeah. start the game off. That's a really rough way uh, to start this one, especially when you're trying to beat a better team. On your home floor. That's It's really tough for UTEP. I don't know how um, they do that with the recipe that they have. The players that they have on their team, they might just not be there. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we would love to talk about this game with you on the show. 915-505-6009 to get into Minor Talk tonight. Cesar Esparza tweets the show. Very frustrating seeing UTEP hesitate not taking the open shot. It felt like just there were some um, frustrating offensive possessions tonight, whether it was like, you know, just uh, passing up an open dunk for a layup, you know, uh, passing up an open lane for a, uh, a jump shot that just did not go in. It was a frustrating offensive performance all around for UTEP, and uh, that's just what happens with a team like this, unfortunately, if you're uh, if you're a fan of this group. By the way, attendance tonight, 5,421. I don't like that, Sal. That's that's kind of disappointing right there. I know that's kind of the season yeah. average right there, but you know, if you're UTEP, you you try to hold yourself to a higher standard. And uh, when you look at that attendance number right there, that's not as high as I expected it to be tonight. Yeah, I, I think it should have been higher too. But also, um, I, I think for people who were kind of on the fence of going, the loss tonight hurts in a way. I, I mean, don't get me oh, wrong. Oh yeah, big it, time. I, I think if if you pull out the real list and say, hey, what's really going to happen? You more people are inclined to say that they will probably lose this game than win. That could have played a part in it. And sure. if if they wanted to use this game as a as a decider, which I don't think that's fair. This is um, you know one of the best teams they're going to get all season pretty much um, that's a tough way to um to really pull it so the attendance 
I expected it to be where it was. I'm not too surprised, if I'm honest. You know what? Um, this is something that I think that Hunter, when he called in last Thursday, he kind of alluded to, saying that there's just isn't a lot of excitement around the program to begin with. And that's that's a shame, right? I mean, UTEP won 20 games under head coach Joe Golding last year, and you thought that there would be some momentum going into this year from the fan base, at least trusting the staff and understanding it will take some time. Um, but, you know, as we've seen from El Paso in years past, they will not come support a team unless they know that or hope that they're a winner. And uh, for the Miners right now, they're not. Uh, they're eleven and nine right now. They are four and five in Conference USA. They are um, teetering between the middle of of the pack in yeah. USA and probably the bottom of it. So they can't. They have to avoid the bottom of Conference USA. And as it stands right now, after losing to FAU, things do not ease up for this team. UTEP has North Texas on the road next. Saturday. They have Middle Tennessee on the road right after the Mean Green. And then they have to play the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. We're talking about a three-game road swing that is very difficult for the Miners. Um, Sal, I'll be honest with you. If they go 2-1, and one, I would consider that a massive victory for them in this stretch. But I think more realistically, this is a 1-3 and three stretch that UTEP has ahead of them, knowing the quality of opponents they have coming up. Yeah, and um, traditionally, these are three of the toughest places to play in Conference USA. The the attendance might not reflect it so, um, but these are some of the um, the more prominent forces uh, when it comes to Conference USA because if we kind of break it down, North Texas has made it to the tournament since they've been here, and they won a tournament game. Same with Middle Tennessee. Um, Western Kentucky has a powerhouse just about year in and year out. So those are not easy places to play. We're going to find out a lot about this team on this stretch. Yeah, we really will, Sal. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. And then right after that, they have Charlotte back at home. I mean, they're not back at home until Thursday, February 9th. It's a long road stretch that the Miners have ahead of them. So I, I know that this one seemed like an uphill battle from the start. But, man, UTEP needed something like this. They needed like a, a momentum shifter in their season to catapult them as they get on the road. And I get so worried when UTEP travels away from the Haskins Center simply because of the record they've displayed so far. I mean, 1-6 yeah. on the road. I know um, the recent road stretch when they beat Charlotte and they lost to Rice, I liked what they did on the road in that stretch. But at the same time, you want to see it in multiple road games, not just one one weekend uh, and just you know chalk it up to that. So we'll have to see yep. how UTEP comes out next week. It's, it's going to be a crucial game for them against North Texas. And uh, like tonight, North Texas is going to be an uphill battle for the Miners, knowing what the Mean Green uh, really display with their team. So it'll be tough. Yeah, and North Texas uh, is coming off of a win against UAB as well wow. at, at Bartow Arena. So I, I'm going to look up their um, their profile here because I, I, I think they play on Thursday. The Miners don't. Um, oh, they, they should be coming off of um, off of a win there. So they could be riding a two-game win streak. They play UTSA on Thursday. So, yeah. I mean, hey, the Miners, you're getting some rest. You deserve it. But North Texas, I mean, they're going to want to continue rolling. So we'll, we'll find out on uh, next Saturday. Yeah, we sure will, Sal. Uh, let's go back to Twitter. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. 
Ice Cubillos, Cesar Cubillos, our guy, never recovered from the slow start. Not much to say about the game other than at least we didn't lose to Utah Tech. Much like my high school girlfriend, it was never pretty and ended in disappointment. Hope UTEP recovers with some road wins. Yeah, Cesar, those road wins are going to be tough to come by. I mean, what do you think, Sal? You look at North Texas, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky – how do you feel like UTEP will fare in those three games? Um, it, it's tough to call because I, I think they're winnable games, but also at the same time, we've seen them lose these games as well. We know they have the, the opportunity, or, or they have the ability. The opportunity is always going to be there, but they have the ability to do it. But when, when you see it, it's kind of like, well, what team is going to show up today? So I think one and two is is yeah. realistic. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with you on that. Our telephone number now in 5505-6009 to get into the show. Uh, let's go to King Eric on Twitter. FAU is quick and moves the ball with ease. They use pick and rolls to create shots for others or to get shots down low. UTEP does the opposite. They pass around the perimeter until the shot clock goes down and they take a horrible shot. FAU's transition defense is as as amazing as as well. Number one, two are sparks off the bench for them. Just a balanced team overall. UTEP could learn so much from this team and game. Hopefully they review the tape and make adjustments come CUSA tourney time. Uh, Well put. King Eric, I I agree with you completely off all this. I would also say with FAU, what makes them so special is the fact that they bring players who've been there year after year. I mean, this team has so much continuity all across their roster. That's what makes them so impressive. And uh, we'll we'll have to see if UTEP, a program who has had roster turnover year after year, and hey, for head coach Joe Golding, who's just entering his second year, um, you understand turnover for a new coach. But moving forward, you want to see this coaching staff try to retain players just like FAU does yeah. and uh, you know build that continuity. So let's see what happens moving forward. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Sarah is first on the phone lines. Sarah, good evening. What's going on? Uh, I can't believe I'm first. <laughs> I know, Sarah. I mean, it's a it's a quiet night. Hey, I get it. UTEP fans are disappointed. They're disgruntled, and uh, I think UTEP fans were really hoping for a, a, an upset victory tonight. Yeah, I, I had I had my hopes up too, but after watching the game, for, for some reason, I just kind of feel like we we took a step backwards as far as far as playing as a team. Um, uh, they're not sharing the ball the way I, I was hoping that they would at this point. I hear you. And the the three assists is going to be the number that everybody looks at after this game. That's probably the most alarming number. Three assists in this game for the Miners. 15 turnovers on offense on their side. Yes, they out-rebounded FAU 43-40. to uh, But still, plays in this game, Sarah, that have you shaking your head. Yeah. I mean, was the objective in the beginning was to try to get the seven footer fouled out, or I mean, because I think I think they were so scared about the perimeter shooting, Sarah. I think they were so worried that FAU would just come into the Haskins Center and hit fourteen three pointers. But in reality, FAU just drove it to the hoop. They got every uh, foul that they wanted. They made it. uh, They made several several trips to the free throw line. In fact, they shot thirty one free throws in this game, and they really capitalized off UTEP's mistakes defensively. I mean, they forced UTEP in all these different foul situations, and then they got their 
their points at the free throw line, as well as, uh, you know, these two-pointer shots that they made. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not impressed with the coaching tonight. You know, I'm not. Yeah, um, I hear you, Sarah. Hey, I, I would say this. Joe Golding held his his uh, himself to a uh, very accountable after the game, said it was on him. So uh, we'll see if he, he can improve, Sarah. But, hey, I really appreciate your phone call, and uh, thanks for weighing in on the show. I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. Uh, let's keep things moving here on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Pinky is next on the show. Pinky. Good evening. What's going on? Hello. Are you guys there? Yes, sir. What's going on? Hey, uh, uh, first of all, you know, uh, before we get anything, I thought the crowd was really good, really into it, really loud, and I was happy for that. Very, very happy that the crowd was into it. You know, it's just tough, right, Pinky? Because they could never get momentum. They could never get the crowd to really get back into it. And even even when the crowd started getting excited, um, you know, FAU would silence the crowd. You got to give FAU a lot of respect in this game. Yeah, and that's right. You know, you you brought up a lot of points already that I was going to talk about. Uh, first of all, when you get behind twelve to nothing and and you have eight turnovers in the first uh, seven minutes of the game, that really hurts a lot um, right off the bat. You're behind yeah, no doubt. To nothing and, and, and I think they only shot twice. The other ones were all turnovers or or uh, throwing the ball out of bounds or something, which is still a turnover. But, uh, you know, you, you brought up good points about um, the minors. They still need a, an outside shooter. I mean, they need that one guy that can really be consistent, bustingly from the outside, so, the, so they can open up the inside defense a little bit more. And once they found out that UTEP was not hitting from the outside, they just packed the inside in. And UTEP was still trying to go inside. And believe it or not, that big guy did alter shots. I mean, big time. I mean, a lot of people say, why aren't they making the shots? And was, that big guy's really making them alter shots. And it's, you don't know how, realize how much a big guy inside can really have a lot of effect. He might not score a lot. He might not have gotten a lot, of, a lot of rebounds or whatever. But he was there, and they made his presence known because he was just big. He was just big. You know, and, and to me, uh, and to a lot of us that were sitting around there where we usually sit, um, Miners did not quit. They had it in them all, all during the game, all through the game, but the just shooting percentage was just terrible. Got to put the ball in the basket to win the game. Simple as that, and it, it didn't happen. Yeah, I totally understand, and I agree with you, Pinky. Hey, really appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for uh, giving us a call, and you have a great rest of your weekend, man. Uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow for NFL uh, Sunday, by the way. Um, yeah, I thought Pinky brought up some really good points, Sal, especially talking about you know uh, Golden, who he's referring to, the seven foot three monster hunt, uh, Florida Atlantic, who yeah, three blocks today, twenty three minutes of action, eleven points in this contest, six rebounds, and then in this game has three. So yeah, he's in, he's impressive, but he's one of several different players on Florida Atlantic who can just kill you. And I was impressed by Janelle Davis. I was very impressed by Brian Greenlee. I just felt like this team could hit the big shot when it really mattered in this game, especially if things were teetering. If UTEP was starting to cut into the lead, no. FAU would just silence the crowd, silence UTEP with a three-pointer on their side. And I think that's what makes them so special is yeah. they, they can make big shots in very opportune situations. And, and I think just 
just about every player who's on the floor is is bound to you know strike at some time. So it's kind of like if you see a mismatch or or something out there that you can take advantage of, you're kind of waiting for that opportunity. Well, what happens if there's a dry stretch? You know, for right. may, maybe like a minute or so. If um, if uh, Golden isn't able to um, you know to get a shot off or, or make a type of impact play, guess what? Weatherspoon's out there. He's gonna do it. And if Weatherspoon's quiet on one play. Good luck worrying about Davis, Forrest, um, Elijah Martin, who had an incredible game tonight as well. So I think they have a lot of uh, playmakers out there on the floor who are good at, at picking when to strike, if that makes you know any sense there. Our telephone number now in 5505-6009 to get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Florida Atlantic beats UTEP 67-59. If you want to talk about it with us, uh, definitely give us a call now in 5505-6009. Tay Hardy led the way with uh, Calvin Solomon. Both players had 16 points tonight, but it was tough for both guys. I mean, Hardy 5 of 12, uh, Solomon 5 of 13. Both of them have turnovers in this game. Uh, Solomon in this one was impressive. He had the double-double with 10 rebounds uh, and also contributed with three steals on defense. So uh, I like the game that we saw from Calvin Solomon. I just, you know, it's it's tough what we see from this UTEP basketball team uh, in stretches, especially when they just can't buy a bucket. I mean, Mario McKinney gets in double figures tonight, Sal. 11 points, but when you look at his shooting, Three of fourteen. It just felt like he left a lot of those uh, shots a little yeah. short uh, whenever he would attempt them. And, and another game too, uh, or coming off of a game rather, where he made uh, I think it was like two or three, four, eleven, something like that in the last game. So um, definitely somebody that you want to be more efficient from the floor, especially if you're going to be putting up that many shots. So yeah, it totally definitely agree. has thrown up to it. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that, Sal. Let's uh, let's keep things moving on the show. Our telephone number now in 5505-6009. Tom is next on the phone lines. Tom, good evening. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I'll, um, I called in the last game, and I will, uh, I'll eat some crow on this one. I thought the Miners were going to be able to take advantage of this evening and take down a, a ranked opponent. Um, but Same they were here. out class tonight. We they were out class tonight. But I will say this: uh, I think there's UTEP's leaving something on the floor that I think Coach Golding needs to take advantage of. And when the game gets scrappy in the middle of the floor, the Miners are at their best. This team, and because we're we're extremely good at stealing the ball, and they need to use that quickness. So I, I don't understand why he's not pressing all the way from minute one all the way to the end of the game and wearing the other team's guards down because you, mm-hmm. they're, the other guards' thighs need to be burning by the second half. They need to be so tired. You know, so it's a really it's a, a really good point, Tom. I, I want to know this. Like, now that you bring this up, would they be willing to do something like this in a must-win situation? I'm talking about Conference USA tournament time. Like, let's say they have Florida Atlantic, uh, one of their first matchups in the CUSA tournament. Would they go that route and press the entire game? Because uh, I think you're onto something. Um, and you know what? I, we had an E-Crow as well. Sal and I both thought that you know, UTEP would come into this one and uh, find a victory. Instead, they didn't. So we're in the same boat as you. Uh, but still, I like your defensive idea, defensive approach, because when UTEP is uh, very pesky and they commit to that full-court press, de- uh, teams really can't adjust on the fly to that kind of stuff. That defense is right. really threatening uh, whom- whomever they go up against. 
It is. They have the athletes, and we certainly have the leapers on our team. My gosh, we got three or four guys that I, it's, I haven't seen guys jump like that since you know, since who knows when. But yeah, the um, but the thing is, Gibbons, they should just tell Gibbons to go right to the Olympic team and be in the hundred meter dash. I've never seen anybody fly down a court so fast in my life. Oh my gosh! So use the speed. That's my point. I mean, yeah. use the speed. I mean, they're scrappy, and that's when they're that's when they're loose and they're aggressive, and that's what that's the way they like to play. And I'm not saying you don't you don't run a structured offense or anything like that, but but just apply all that energy. We we run about we run about nine deep, so apply all that energy. I mean, if you look at the minutes, I mean, if everybody play, these guys are college guys, they can run as hard as they can for twenty five minutes in a game, and then you know what I mean. They're not playing yeah. forty minutes. So yeah, just I think pour so. That energy on their guards and just burn them out. By the time the second half comes, the other team should not even want to be on the floor. They should, you know, just make it crazy for them. Because and then we we pick up all the scrappy rebounds too because our players are quick and they're quick off the floor. So play to our advantages. And we're not a good shooting team, but you know, they shot like seventy four percent on the foul line or seventy percent. So just keep going to the bucket and keep going to the line. Don't worry about nailing the three point shots. Just keep pounding it in and press the crap out of them. You know, so anyway that's 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 what I see with this team. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Tom. I appreciate the phone call as always. And, uh, hey, good stuff on Thursday. Good stuff tonight as, as always. But uh, I do want to mention something that you're saying right there as far as uh, as far as far the three-point shot. Um, UTEP will commit to at least, I would say, about 16 to 20 attempts a game. And they're going to have to live and die by it. And you've heard Joe Golding talk about it in in uh, interviews past where he says it almost like, hey, it, hopefully we can hit six. Hopefully we can hit five or, or six three-pointers. And that's kind of uh, the approach every single game. The, hey, let's hope we can make X amount of uh, three-point shots in a single game. And for some of these guards, it's so weird, right? Because you see all the other teams, you see the opposition hitting these three pointers and it's like a smack in the face um, to you in terms of momentum and when UTEP is unable to hit those three point shots it really hurts them today uh, you know uh, they, they finish off just 19% from three point range three of 16 uh, Sal it just won't cut it they, they have not been a good three point shooting team for a while now and uh, it, it just won't cut it if you're only making a trio of three pointers in a single matchup, and, and when you're this far into the season after you tried it time and time again, at, at what point do you ditch those amount of attempts and, and make the point of emphasis uh, the inside? Or, or you know, you know I, it's a great question, but I don't, th- I don't think it'll ever happen. It's a great rhetor- like rhetorical question yeah. that we're all asking ourselves: When will UTEP abandon the three pointer? When will they attempt just like nine or ten a game? No, that won't happen. They will just commit to that 16 to 20 attempts a game, and it seems like they won't deviate from that. And, and we're saying this now, and there's going to be a game where they're going to they're going to strike and they're going to catch fire, and it's going to make you say, "Hey, well, when they're doing this, they're they're turning it up a whole other level. Maybe they should keep on trying it." So I, I think um, the situational basketball that they play, they can make more out of it, but. 
I mean, if we were to tell you, hey, UTEP kept FAU from from even cracking 70, you would say that's a successful night. But it's weird because the numbers are a bit bit misleading there. However, um, the aggression was there. I think FAU is just a different beast as well. Even if UTEP was able to play uh, some of their best basketball, FAU at their best is is a whole other monster. Our telephone number 915-505-6009 to get into the show. Uh UTEP attempts 17 and a half three-pointers a game. They are uh their three-point percentage as a team is 28%. That is in the country, fifth worst in the country. So they're attempting 17 and a half three-pointers and they are fifth worst in the country. Um, there you go. There's your numbers. That's your number breakdown that you just need to know right there. And uh, unfortunately for the miners, they just simply can't get to that point where they're hitting threes consistently. Um, yeah, that's just the bottom line. It's it's a tough stat to look at, but sometimes you need to be you know you need to be met with that reality right there for UTEP and just how they've struggled uh, to make three pointers. UTEP has not made uh, ten or more three pointers in a single game this year. Uh, they've they hit eleven against Northern New Mexico College. I'm not going to count that one. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just not going to count that one. Aside from that one, they hit seven three pointers in their double overtime loss to UAB, and then they hit eight three-pointers in their win against UTSA. So there you go. There's some uh, basic math right there. What we're seeing as far as peaks for UTEP, as far as three-pointers go, seven to eight. Uh, low points, we're seeing three. You know, when they make usually three points, uh, three three-pointers, it's not good for this team. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines right now. Milkman is joining us next, 915-505-6009. Milkman, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm, I'm obviously uh, disappointed. Uh, it's a lot different than leaving the game on Thursday. And I really, after seeing that performance, I really thought they were going to put up a better effort tonight. But, I mean, let's let's be honest. We the, we all saw the problem tonight. They couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. I mean, they, they, if they would have played their offense half as good as they played defense, I mean, they, it, the game would have been a blowout. It, it was it, – it, you have that many turnovers. There, there's no way you should lose. I mean, they, they were hustling, and I mean, their defense was top notch. But God, they could they couldn't throw it in the ocean. I mean, it was it, it was it was awful, absolutely awful. I, I don't I don't get it. Uh, but um, but also that 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 big dude. I had no idea he was seven three. I knew he was at least seven foot because I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, wow, this dude is towering over everybody. But yeah, it. it it was it was rough, um, and not to uh, not to complain about the transfer portal again, but I'm going to. Uh, it, I think one of the most telling stats is what you gave the other night on Thursday when you were talking about. Uh, if I heard you right, that FAU for minutes played together is like 13th in the country or something like that. Yeah, they're they're actually top 25 in the country. They're 23rd in the country, bringing back 66% of their minutes from last year. So two-thirds of their minutes from last year coming into this year. Yeah, and and, and I think you said UTEP was like 300 something. I mean, it, That's right. it's just hard. Yeah, it's, it's just hard to, you know, no matter how good your guys are, if they just they, they haven't played with each other, you know. I mean, that, that's just that's just difficult. But you know, I, I think you know, there's really no excuses tonight. It, they just could not throw it in the ocean. I mean, it, it was just awful. I mean, they were missing layups, missing layups. I I could not believe. That. I mean, the other night, Thursday, 
might. They, they couldn't. They could not hit the broadside of bar anyway. But it, it was just. It was frustrating. I know everybody else is frustrated, but I, I still don't think it's it's over for them this year. I mean, this is a really good team that they that they lost to, and I definitely see why they're ranked. But even at that, I mean, as bad as UTEP played on offense, they still didn't get blown out of the building, even though they weren't really close the whole night. So, you know, I mean, it it, it sucks. We'll lick our wounds. But I, I don't quite think the season's over. I think I really do think they, they can – they have the potential, you know, if they can actually hit a shot, they have the potential to definitely uh, do something this year, especially with how good a defense they play. Yeah, I I hear you, Milkman. I appreciate the phone call. I thanks for weighing in as always, Milkman. Great phone call. Um, I'll disagree with you in the sense that you brought up earlier. If UTEP makes their shots, if they're hitting their shots in this game, their defense carries them. Well, I'll, I'll say this: those thirteen turnovers that. Florida Atlantic had in the second half. How many of those were because Florida Atlantic started easing up a little bit? They were up 17 points with eight minutes left in the game. They probably were easing up a little bit on the gasp. And and I know I'm giving UTEP credit for fighting back in this game, but also being realistic, knowing that even if UTEP shot better in this game, even if they they were 20, they shot 22 percent from three point range in the second half. I mean they, they. you can't win with that. You can't win with the, this recipe right there. But even if that was a little bit better, I still feel like the way Florida Atlantic was playing, they weren't going to lose that game. They came into the Haskins Center with the mission to win 18 straight uh, to to continue their winning streak. They were not losing this game tonight. So I, I disagree with him uh, talking about if their offense was a little bit better, they would have yeah. won this game. No, FAU's a far better team than UTEP it, right now. And you know what? A win is a win. A loss is a loss. We know that, but this comes out as an eight-point loss. Did not feel like that at all. No, that, that's it, a very generous score. Yeah, it was. It felt like a fifteen-point loss. You mm-hmm. know what this one felt like? To be honest with you, and I, I get it. You know, they made it respectable. They fought hard in the end. Those are good things, right there. You can you can uh, give UTEP credit, but at points in this game, it felt like that uh, fifteen-point loss on the road to NMSU. It felt like that fifteen-point loss on the road uh, to DePaul or whatever that loss yeah. ended up being. Um, and that that's kind of how that game felt. But uh, let's keep things moving. Hunter's next on the phone line. 915-505-6009. Hunter, what's going on? What's going on, guys? How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing well, Hunter. What about you? I don't know, man. I'm kind of disappointed in the Giants tonight. I had them in a parlay. <laughs> yeah, what happened? They got creamed, man. That was terrible. I didn't see that coming. I thought the Giants would have at least uh, covered the spread. Eight points? That's a that's a lot right there. Yeah, man. After their game against the Vikings last week, I was pretty big on them, especially with as good as the quarterback played, but that was pretty pretty rough. He fell back down to earth. I mean, Danny Dimes uh, looked like Danny Nichols today. But, hey, maybe the, the Giants are saving in on some offseason uh, dollars for him as far as the extension goes. Uh, but back to you, Tep. What do you think tonight, Hunter? I mean, it's more of the same thing. Uh, no, no surprises. And I think that's one thing that I have agreed with you on is that FAU is just a better team. We, we saw the difference between the first-place team and a middle-of-the-pack team. And – the reason it seemed like they lost by more is because FAU was in control of the game from start to finish. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's obvious. And just, I want to address some points first from, I, I think Tom said it, and then a point that you kind of made. Yeah. <clears throat> they don't have the personnel to run all game. They just can't. They're not built that way. 
they, they wouldn't function as it is. They pick up stupid fouls and don't know how to how to not foul 80 feet from the basket. So that wouldn't work. They they don't have a, a backup point guard. They don't, they they don't, they're they're too thin. You know, when you got Lemus coming in, that's hit or miss and it's kind of slow. He always gets blown by on defense. It, it's not a good recipe for a, a running team. It, it just it's not feasible. And and Golding knows that, and that's why they don't run. I mean, there's no secret to it. Uh, also, to your point of you know, they need to abandon the three. Well, that's not an option either because as poor as they're shooting, that's why teams are packing it in. You you, you have to hit open shots at some point. I right, think I agree. What, what they what they need to do is is find a way to design plays. And this is this is the first game that I was really frustrated with Gold. Uh, you have to draw up plays to get three point shots in rhythm to take good quality open shots that are in rhythm. Timing, rhythm, and confidence are the most important things with shooting, and they have none of it. They force shots. They throw up. I mean, Lemus threw one up off his left foot with oh, 20 seconds yeah. left on the – I mean, stupid shots. So the game has not changed. I don't care what people say. Whoever puts the ball in the bucket more wins. Whoever takes the smarter shots, the better shot selection, wins the game. That hadn't changed since it was invented. Everybody likes to think that everything's evolving. No, you got to put the ball in the basket more than the other team, and that happens when you take better shots. So, I mean, simple. The the things that frustrated me the most with Golding, all right, and Haskins would be rolling over in his grave right now. You don't get punked in your own house, and he was punked repeatedly, and he put up with it, and it's it's garbage. And I heard, I'm sure you heard me because I was yelling behind you. I did hear you. Uh, I did hear you, yeah. yes. <laughs> he, he heard it. Uh, how are you just going to bend over and take it? Like, it, you don't do that. You, you don't get punked in your own house, and they did it to him, and he didn't have his players back. He does, there's a lot of aspects to being a head coach, and one of them is working the officials. And Haskins was a master at it. I couldn't have imagined back in my day yelling at Haskins. Couldn't imagine it. It just wouldn't happen. But I find myself frustrated with Golding because it's like, what are you doing? And he's over there hugging the ref. These guys are screwing you, and you're, you're happy about it. Stand up for your guys. And there's an art to it. It's how you get the crowd into it. There's times to get technical fouls. You don't want to do it where it hurts you. And I know he's got a different philosophy, philosophy on it, but bottom line, they don't respect him. And he doesn't get the respect. He doesn't get the calls. And there's no reason to respect him because he bends over and takes it. That's garbage. He needs to stand up, learn that aspect of the game because there is an aspect to it, and, and, and move on. FAU is the better team, but it didn't help out that any time UTEP tried to go on a run, there was some nonsense call that went against him. The uh, offensive lane violation on the free throw. Oh, Who the heck called that? How many of these, it, it just how felt many like picky times? things, too, Hunter. It it's, felt like these, you know, they, they would get a charge called on the other side, and then uh, UTEP would try to go for a charge, same kind of thing, and no no call on their side. So it, it just didn't, it was no consistency from the refs. And uh, what we see from Joe Golding is consistent in that he, he doesn't really bite at the refs to where he's like, you know, yelling over the top or he's trying to, to get at them and stuff like that. But I, I hear what you're saying i've heard that from other people too hunter i mean people believe uh you know we've seen that on social media people believe that uh, joe golding should give it to the refs a little bit more when they feel like the the calls are not going utep's way at home 
there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it, and he's clueless, and it's the most frustrating thing ever because why are we taking it harder than our coach? Like, that, that's garbage. I mean, I get it. He's a nice guy. He's about positivity. He likes positive reinforcement. But at some point, enough's enough, and you got to stand up for your people, man. Someone hits on your wife. You better stand up. You don't just get him a pat on the back and tell him, hey, thanks for hitting on my wife, man. I appreciate it. No, stand up and defend it. But that being said, it's the same team it's been. Uh, I, I don't abandon the coach yet. I think he, he needs to learn and grow and all that. I think uh, there's, there's positives from this game. They played terrible, couldn't buy a layup, couldn't do anything, but they lost by eight to the best team in the league. That's a legitimate team. Uh, Calvin Solomon what is there not to like about his game? I mean, regardless if he scores 16 points or whatever it is, he's battling every single time down the court. He's throwing elbows. I like the dirtiness, you know, the scrappiness. Get in there. He, he, even, he even does things like like little pesky things in the middle of games. Like, you know, they'll, they'll call a foul, and before he gets into his team huddle, he'll, like, touch one of their players and kind of push them away and stuff. Like, subtle things no one sees unless you're locked in on Calvin Solomon. Uh, he's funny. He's funny the way that he acts uh, against his opposition. He's, he's great. I mean, what is there not to like? He's, he's always into something whether it's the rebound, whether it's a foul, throwing an elbow, uh, you know, just kind of standing there in somebody's way. The guy's yeah. great. I mean, yeah. what's there not to like about it? So I think they're going to they're, they're going to they're going to get some road wins here. People don't don't see it, but it's the same team, some shots will fall. He Golding just ha- has to improve the shot selection. It, it's that's very important and also could you answer this for me? I, I, his rotation is also questionable for me. Who he okay? Do you not like the Do you not like the small ball lineup? Because this is now probably what we did. We saw it Rice. We saw it Charlotte. Saw it FIU. This is fourth game, um, probably in a row where UTEP favors that small ball lineup, and they have more of those minutes go to guys like Otis Frazier, guys like you know Jonathan Dos Anjos even off the bench, and limiting the minutes you see from guys like Kevin Kalu and Zarek Onyema. Well, I, there's a time and place, and I, and I liked it against Rice. You know, obviously liked it against Charlotte, but it's not a. He's got to be smarter than that. It's not one size fits all. You cannot go small against a seven foot one center, and where everybody looks like a football player on the team. That is a strong, physical, athletic team. That looked like a football team playing basketball. It was great. I, I'm a big FAU fan now, but so why would you go small against a very big team? It just doesn't make any sense. Well, you know what? I'll I'll answer it by this. I'll defend Golding in the sense that when you look at FAU's lineup, Golden, the guy who's seven foot three, seven foot two, whatever he he is, uh, he's their tallest guy. The other guys, I know that they look like they're football players, but they're thick guys who are not that tall in size. Uh, other than Golden on the court, their second tallest guy was Davis at six foot four. So um, that's four guards that FAU is throwing out there and the big and the big his presence is just felt and when golden was out uh that other guy rosado number three he was also he played bigger than his actual size was he's only six foot eight hunter but he played like he was six foot ten but that doesn't matter our six foot four guy weighs a buck sixty because we got a bunch of string beans on the team and their six foot four guy weighs two so you you know we need a big that's six eight that weighs two twenty to go bang against them because they control the paint, 
That's why our smalls are missing layups because it's intimidating. They're, they, they were out physical this game except for Calvin Solomon. But my other question was uh, when Kevin Kalu was in there, he battled, man. I loved watching him battle. He, he to me, played – Played a great four minutes or whatever, took him out, never saw the court again. Can you explain that? Yeah, I can't. I can't. Um, They don't like his defense off ball screens. That's the only thing I can think of. And uh, four minutes, one rebound, doesn't attempt anything as far as a shot goes. He probably let one defender go by him, and that was it. I mean, um, short leash right now for Kevin Callu right now. He was defending when they would cut after screens way better than Zeke. I mean, at night and day. He was defending that way better. So I, it didn't make any sense to me. I mean, the guy, he was battling defensively, denying that backdoor pass, and then he gets pulled, and we don't see him again. I, I just I don't get it against a tough physical team. He's one of your more physical interior players. It, I just I couldn't answer it, but still not ready to abandon ship, though. And I, I think it'll be all right. It's, it's a frustrating loss. More of the same. Golding needs to grow a pair against the, the ref and, and others, and we'll go from there. Okay, Hunter. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for all the thoughts, and thanks for all the questions. Let's keep things moving, and we'll recap all these calls with Sal. Uh, R- Rob has been patiently waiting, and Rob is probably getting ready for the UFC main event. So let's get him up quick uh, before he watches uh, Teixeira Hill, <laughs> the UFC 283. What's up, Rob? How's it going? Am I, am I spot on on this or no? Are, are you uh, nah, not a nah. UFC guy? I'm strictly boxing. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Good to know. Um, uh, let's hear what your thoughts are here from this UTEP game. I have, yeah, some thoughts on the game and then um, pretty much uh, uh, going forward. But, uh, you know, as far as the game, um, you know, they're not really deep. UTEP, they get on the majority of their points usually from about three players. And then, you know, they got they got outscored bench points 36 to 15. And then um, – my other key takeaway, and it's not just this game, but it's a lot of games. It's, um, you know, every team has their highs and their lows, but it just feels like UTEP's lows is lower than everybody else, meaning when they're playing bad, it's seven to eight minutes of not scoring. And uh, it's just, you can't come back from that. I think when they're good, it's enjoyable to watch, but you can't go seven, eight minutes, um, you know, without scoring. And, I don't know. The stat sheet doesn't really tell the story of the game. Um, you know, like on, on paper, a guy might have 16 points, but uh, there were so many opportunities where UTEP could have cut it down to eight, seven, six. Sure. And and they can't buy a bucket. They cannot buy a bucket. And my dad always, my dad, and I hear callers too, but my dad's always asking me, you know, why can't they, um, why can't, why can't they get a shooter? Um, you know, and I told him a shooter's not coming. Uh, Sully Boom's not transferring mid-year to save him. Um, you know what I'm saying? And the way Golding built his team, you know, I think everybody should know this. Uh, defensive first, um, offensive second. That's the philosophy. So, right. Uh, if you're gonna build, if you're gonna build a defensive team uh, and have them play max intensity on defense, uh, you know, offense is gonna lack. And if there's players that play two ways, like guess what? Uh, they're not playing at UTEP. You know, they're playing at uh, Texas, they're playing at Kentucky. They can play both both sides really well. So, you know, that's just the, the nature of, of playing, you know, at the conference. I just, it's kind of frustrating because I don't really know what their their philosophy is on offense. I just see a lot of uh, standing around, a lot of one-on-one ball from the guard. Um, and I don't think they figured out where they're at um, on offense yet. 
I, I think I think they're not in a position to be going small or big. They're not good at either offensively. I think your best bet is getting the bigs more involved um, as opposed to shooting 17 threes a game. I think you have a better ch- – I'd take my chances with Z, Kalu, Solomon taking more shots than them just, you know, what were they doing, like step-back threes? I yeah, I, I I get why they were doing it because you have to come back when you're down double digits. It's not like you're going to come back with just a bunch of low post buckets. You know, uh, I get I get where you're coming from, Rob. But at the same time, the game is at the perimeter as of today in in college basketball. It's played from the outside, and even if you have to feed it to your bigs and have your bigs feed it to the outside, or kind of like Hunter said, you know, just uh, create more things for you to have more open looks from three point range that would be a better shot attempt in my mind than those step back threes that you're talking about yeah no I just I don't know what that was um you know they made three threes the whole game and two of them were um basically garbage time but yeah that that was it they just they don't really have a lot of depth on offense um their defensive performance was good but uh back to the next um couple games I was I was looking at um kind of their statistics or you know, their home away record on who they're playing. And um, I think I think the store, everyone knows they're good at the Don, but, uh, you know, the Conference USA tournament's not going to be played at the Don. So let's look at how they are as a away team. And they're one and six on the road, and they're the third worst in the conference on the road. So I think they need to figure that out. I think uh, you're going to get a good effort from them at home, and it'd be interesting to see how well they do on the road. Um, as sure. far as like who they're, as far as who they're playing, uh, North Texas is six and two at home. Western Kentucky's five and four, and Middle Seven, Middle Tennessee seven and two. Man, so that's, that's a great stat. Great. That's a really good stat right there, Rob. I, I didn't realize all these teams are pretty good at home at, at this level. I mean, I know they're quality opponents, but yeah, that does not look good for UTEP. No, not at all. And if they're gonna make noise in conference, they gotta make, um, they gotta win outside the Don Haskins Center, and they haven't uh, really proven that this year. Um, and one one more stat before I get off, which I thought was pretty interesting, but before the game tonight, uh, UTEP was number three in the nation against the spread in all of college basketball. <laughs> no way. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And, I didn't know that. Guess, what what's their, guess, what, what are they against the spread right now? What's the record? It was uh, – so they play. They they played. Um, I I think they've already played twenty one games. So do you know what it was? Well, the last one I saw was thirteen and four. Okay. Um, because you know you know like wow. those uh, like That's those funny. New, those New Mexico you know community colleges they play they don't post the line so that doesn't count. right right. But from the ones from the ones they have posted the line, they're thirteen and four against the spread, um, and. Florida Atlantic is number one in the nation, thirteen and three against the spread. So wow, good stat, good stuff. Hey, Rob, I love it. Thanks for giving us a call. Thanks for giving us those stats. Uh, let's let's stick with the, that stat. Uh, stat Sal, I want to talk about the one that he talked about with the home record and, and the the home records of the opponents that the miners have. Uh, UTEP lost tonight. If they have North Texas, Middle Tennessee, and Western Kentucky. 
Let's say all those are losses right there. That's a four-game losing streak right there. And I'll just throw another thing at you, Sal. Six of the last ten games for UTEP are all on the road. So they're gonna, they have to win some yeah. of these road contests. They have to. And there's kind of like a balance, right? I don't, I don't want to say karma. It's not like, hey, this is your fault for playing games earlier on in the year. No, you, you take the games you can get at home for sure. Um, but they started out on fire this year, um, had a really good record within the first 10 games. But how many of those games were at home? It was, a, it was a boatload of them. So yep. when you look at the, the final stretch, in a way, it's kind of only fitting that it does pan out, you know, with the balance on the road. But also at the same time, too, these are the tests that the team has to take to, to kind of take that next step anyway. So we, we know what they can be at home, um, but what they are on the road is um, a team that does not win a lot. And there's a lot of teams who have who they feel the same way about their home arena that Miners fans feel about the Don Haskins Center. We could yeah. just leave it at that. Yeah, it's a really good point. And uh, what are your thoughts on some of the callers calling out the offense specifically? I mean, I get it, right? UTEP's defense is elite. It's going to always keep them in games regardless, uh, but their offense is holding them back. And and that's just a, you know, a factual thing right there. It I think something that could really really help out and and I know that shot selection is one thing, but Turning the ball over is hurting this team. They, they, yes, they, thank you, Sal. They Good were stuff. They were solid from the free throw line today. Maybe it's the start of something great. I mean, hey, you could rely on them at the free throw line tonight for sure, but turning the ball over was ridiculous. I, I If I'm not mistaken, it's either six or seven, but that's the number of turnovers that they had before they even made their first shot. That's right. It was uh, seven, actually. So, You're exactly right. And, and that's something that's going to hinder you from kind of you know beating a team or, or even beating in a, in a game with a team like FAU, that's where you have to start to change things. If they could take better care of the ball, that's less uh, opportunities for whoever they're going up against to uh, to get some of those easy buckets. Because if they're playing solid defense, which they, they did you know, for a large part tonight, um, that's one thing. But when you can't even get to play defense because the ball's going the other way, yeah. it, that's a whole other game. That's like there, there's, full, there's um, offense and defense, right, in, in basketball. And I guess um, when you look at it, they're creating a special teams version when it comes to that fast break. Yeah, it's a really good point, Sal. I, I don't know. I I don't know how they fix it. I don't know if they can fix it for the rest of this year, but it, it kind of is what it is. Uh, hey, let's do this. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll wind things down. We'll give out some awards. Our win supply El Paso, hot hand of the game. Also, our player of the game, thanks to Keith Southwest. If you want to give us a call, now is the time to do it. We're winding things down here on the show. 915-505-6009. Your thoughts on this UTEP game? Florida Atlantic defeats UTEP 67-59. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Addy at the Agency. Final segment coming up here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, final segment here, Minor Talk. If you'd like to weigh in, now is the time, 915-505-6009. We're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Address Oscar Adietta Agency with my home and auto insurance bundled and saved thanks to the Oscar Adietta Agency. You can too. All you have to do is just go to OscarAdiettheAgency.com and learn more about what they can do for you uh, online. Let's go to Twitter, a bunch of tweets to get to. Harambe's Disciple tweets the show. Tough calls at the end of the half. Refs are refs usually this inconsistently bad in Conference USA. Um, are we sure number 50 on Florida Atlantic doesn't have dirt on these refs? It's like they're afraid to call any type of foul. 
Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. Uh, Joe Chacon tweets the show. Home court should be equally comfortable shooting and making shots. Refs were sketched tonight, but you can't leave it in their hands. Make the shots and play tough D. The boards are ours. Get the shots to fall plain and simple. The season is not over yet. Hashtag reppin' from Colorado now. Hashtag Brock is my OG. Shannon Sharpie tweets the show. It could be worse. We could be UTSA, who today lost to Florida International. Yep. Uh, UTSA is the doormat of Conference USA right now. Tristan Pence tweets the show. UTEP forced 20 turnovers. They out-rebounded Florida Atlantic, and they took 18 more shots than the Owls. That should have resulted in a minor victory. The first seven and the last two minutes of the first half were the difference in this game. The the Owls were much more dialed in to start the game. Coach Golding and his staff have to find a way to avoid slow starts to games. The slow starts are just a killer against good teams. Crazy day in Conference USA with all the road teams winning today hashtag minor talk yeah really good point there Tristan uh as far as you know um yeah as far as starting off well I I mean better uh UTEP has just not figured it out when it comes to that and I I don't know what it is It, it just hasn't been the case especially in these recent losses that's one of those things that we can point at as a consistent thing uh, the La Tech game comes to mind when they were on the road. They started off really poorly in that game, and they played better than La Tech for the rest of the game. But it was just because of how bad they played to start off that one uh, that ruined the game for them. Uh, let's go to Eric Fournier. He says, my vote is for Hunter as the next UTEP athletic director. He speaks the truth. Um, this coming from Paul Reynoso. What has happened with our student section this season? Tonight they were almost existent and most sat the whole t- game. At least we know that we can count on our, on our pep band and they can be rowdy and loud. Uh, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. It was weird. I mean, I, it wasn't just the students. It was like everybody. Uh, it, it felt like in this uh, game, students fans it just was tough for them to actually root and cheer and get excited on all these different momentums yeah. because every time they started getting momentum Florida Atlantic would turn around and they'd hit a three in Utah's yeah. face it, 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 it's kind of like um you know anytime the miners would try to have something going their way Florida Atlantic answered so they never really gave the UTEP fans who are in attendance tonight you know any kind of a chance to to root for you know a big run I guess there was a stretch you know that in the first half they they cut it to within I think six or seven so that's one of the points but the only other point of the game uh than that where fans could get up and and you know just go crazy was um was the alley-oop and if I'm not mistaken I I think on that possession they they hit a bucket (laughs) after that so it was a short-lived um you know hype moment yeah I I see that it's just it's tough I mean right because if you have all these uh, uh, runs that you have on your side, you want to sustain those runs, and you want to actually cut the lead significantly to where you can actually try to win it, but UTEP wasn't able to do that tonight, and uh, credit to the Owls of Florida Atlantic, the ranked Florida Atlantic Owls for uh, pulling this win off. Uh, hey, let's go to our awards here on the show today. First off, hot hand of this one. Uh, we've got to give it to Tay Hardy. In the second half of this game, he poured in 11 points, 11 of his 15 or 16 points in this game, uh, had only one turnover in 33 minutes of action, also contributed with three rebounds in this game. Tay Hardy winning the hot hand of the game, presented by Wind Supply El Paso. You could see some of the great success stories from the clients of 
Wind Supply El Paso at windsupplyelpaso.com. Some say uh, that they have best prices and quality service. Lino said that Rudy is a great at customer service on their website. And then Jose wrote that they are very reliable and they have a professional staff. You could be part of these success stories if you work with Wind Supply El Paso. Check them out online, windsupplyelpaso.com. They are the the sponsor of the Hot Hand Award here on Minor Talk. And Coming up next, it's our player of the game, Calvin Solomon. 16 points, 10 rebounds. He had a double-double in this one. Also only had two turnovers in this game and contributed with three steals defensively. Calvin Solomon was everywhere. Got to give him a ton of credit. 35 minutes of action, uh, and I thought he played outstanding. And that is uh, our player of the game, which is brought to you by Keith Southwest. They are the leaders in industry precision metal stamping since 1958 in El Paso. You want to learn more about Keith Southwest and what they do? Go online, KeatsMFG.com. That's KeatsMFG.com. Com. Sal, we turn the page. It's next week, North Texas. I know it's easy to look at the next three games on the road, but for the Miners, it's the Mean Green next Saturday. Uh, talk about tough scheduling by CUSA, Sal. Playing the two best teams in the league in back-to-back weekends, that's tough for UTEP. It's tough for UTEP for sure, but um, this is what you want if you want to you know, kind of be in that top tier. you got to face some of these toughest tests. And, that's uh, right. At, at some point, you know, the, the, the nail has to crack you know at a certain point sure and, and start to break through so I, I think when it comes to UTEP um like I said earlier we'll find out a lot about them but more so um not so much can they win these games or not but what are they going to do in game when things aren't going their way or if they're getting off to a big lead let's say it's a reverse right let's say the miners um in this scenario went up 12-0 in that type of game against a quality opponent, especially on the road, can they continue that momentum from you know from the beginning to the end? So, whatever way that um, that the game is going, how are they going to either turn it around or keep it going? That's what I want to see here because uh, this is probably the toughest uh, three game stretch all season when it, or yeah. all conference season. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, it is. It, it definitely is. I, I look at the uh, at you know later on in the season, UTEP will have uh, an away stretch where they have to go um, you know away on the road to Florida International and Florida Atlantic, which is a tough stretch. But it's not a three game stretch like we we see upcoming uh, for the minors. So we'll see what happens. I, I have UTEP winning one out of these three games. To be honest, Sal, uh, let's see if they can pull off two. That's the big. Uh, that's the magic number right here in this road stretch. But, hey, that'll do it for us here on the show tonight. Thanks for everybody uh, who called in on the show. Thanks to all the uh, people on Twitter who chimed in as well. Uh, special thanks to Sal Montes for producing the show, screening the calls, and putting up the podcast where you can catch On Demand wherever you listen to podcasts. Just look up Minor Talk On Demand, and uh, you'll be able to listen to this recap episode of Minor Talk. And that'll do it for us tonight. Florida Atlantic defeats UTEP 67-59 to for Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Brown. We're signing off tonight. Thanks for listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Adietta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.